Hey y'all, you're now tuned in to the original podcast of A Stronger Foundation. Welcome. Some call me doctor, others call me Master T. You can call me anytime. I'm Sweet T, the academic architect PDO, that's planner, designer, and overseer of the academic success plan for kids. So tell your neighbor or call somebody and let them know it's that time. Hey, y'all, let's get building. Hey, team. So this particular podcast, the title is Brains Behind Bricks versus Bricks Behind Brains. And I got to alert you that this podcast is going to be a little, little lengthier than normal as well as the content is going to be a little heavier than usual. All right. So let's jump right in. Perhaps no historian or well-informed individual will deny that this great country was built by the precious hands, pine and sweat and hard labor of black slaves and ancestors. The White House itself was first built in 1792 by slaves and rebuilt by slaves after it had been destroyed in the War of 1812. And so the slaves were the bricks, but who were the architects? The planners, designers, and overseers of the construction. It was the brains. In the topic of this podcast, the bricks are the ones who engage in the backbreaking labor and the brains are the ones who assign or delegate to the brains as well as reap the most lucrative portion of the profit from the labor of the bricks. Bricks exist in various forms. There are physically oppressed bricks that engage in those types of under undesirable livelihoods that no one wants to do due to the degree of physical energy that is required. Then there are mentally oppressed who find themselves in a type of nine to five livelihood that keeps them depressed because they feel trapped. In general, bricks work and labor for the brains in our society. We will take a brief look at the history of the brains that have controlled the stratified order of the classes in our society, as well as discuss how any individual can switch to a higher class and become the brain of the bricks. Look, there's a lot of hard backbreaking work to be done and someone has to do it. Historically speaking, there are particular groups and races in certain cultures that has always been the bricks. Historically speaking, the brick in society has notoriously been awarded the hard laboring positions that causes them at the end of the day to, to become so physically drained and too exhausted to even interact with their family. While on the other extreme, the brains are on vacation, planning their next vacation. Basically, the bricks remain bricks 
and brains remain brains because of obvious patterns in a cycle. So as I said before, someone have to be the brick, but does it have to be your child? Bricks versus brains are developed in many ways, but one way to control the role your child plays is through preparing them with an adequate education. So it may have sounded like defeat when I said that slaves represented the bricks, but it's true because back then during slavery, there were no other alternatives for blacks as they were denied the privilege and luxury of receiving an education. And regardless of how intelligent they may have been, the role of architect was not permitted for black male for some time, even after they were allowed to attend school. So in essence, they were not bricks from mere choice. Blacks were not permitted by law to be the brains. So I just want to clarify that blacks were not bricks due to inability but rather as a result of the many laws that restricted them from even trying. So that was then. And I acknowledge that it was morally and ethically wrong. And to the point, and also I want to point out that there are many causes today aimed at rectifying past injustice and seeking justice for the present and future. Moreover, many of our ancestors have fought a great fight and some even sacrificed their lives so that today our black children can become brains. Now, and even though there are still certain degrees of injustice, there are significant improvements that has removed the barriers that once prevented blacks, ch black children from becoming the brains. Now for, for example, no longer, do black children have to sit in the back of the bus? They don't have to creep through murky waters of underground tunnels, nor do they have to sneak around just to read and gain knowledge. Today, our children have full access to education and learning. They have access to unlimited learning resources. And if you say, not in my child's school, well, at least they can be found in any public library. So it is vital for our survival and triumph that we impress upon our children to rebuild just like our ancestors did. Our ancestors have always been builders and have had to rebuild many times. Therefore, if that is what has to be done, it can surely be done. Our people has never been strangers to hard work. Why is it vital for us to rebuild? Because regardless of how wrong it was in terms of the way blacks were mistreated and taken advantage of, rebuilding is essential if we will move forward as a people. So regardless of what has been stolen, simply because of unjust laws, which forbade us to own or which failed to protect us from keeping what was rightfully ours. The bottom line is that we must move forward by rebuilding. Now, in terms of the concept of rebuilding, 
regardless of how many times the slaves had rebuilt, whether in the case of the White House or just figuratively speaking, they were never able to keep whatever they had built. And that's because everything they were able to build was tangible. The type of rebuilding I'm referring to is often intangible nature. Education. This was one of the key component in keeping slavery alive. But today, our children have the freedom to learn and to gain that priceless, intangible life changer I call education. The key component to becoming the brain. Other means of gaining access to living the life of the brain may result in uphill battles. For example, expecting the hairs of those slave masters who have stolen tangible entities from certain races to essentially hand over even a portion of the great wealth and harvest they still reap today could feel like beating a dead horse. Taking such option could result in loss of precious time that could be better spent if allotted to rebuilding through education and gaining that intangible that no one can ever take away. I hope you see where I'm going with this. Now imagine with me for a moment if you were a member of a certain race whose family had benefited financially from the wealth and riches from your forefathers who were the perpetrators, would you now be inclined to hand over your rights as the beneficiaries? Even if you were compassionate, sympathetic, and understanding would you go as far as to surrender your financial power? And even if you were able to acknowledge the injustice inflicted upon blacks by your ancestors, would you willingly give up your house or share your wealth, even though such a gesture would possibly appease the, your guilt by association? Or would you be more likely to say, look, I'm really sorry for what my father did to your people, but I'm not my father and I do not want to be responsible for the repayment of their sins. So I gained insight into how the present generation of the perpetrating fathers think during a conversation that I had with a wonderful friend of the opposite race. I stress wonderful friend because we have no explicit racial tensions between us. One day, as we conversed on a related topic, I said, you know, our people must rise up and take, um, take back justice. I was taken aback at her response as she said, no, sweetie, justice must be earned. I became pensive at an instant as I pondered 
How can a person earn what is already theirs? It even states in the American Pledge with liberty and justice for all. But she is a great person and I believe her motives are genuine. But if that is her stance, as wonderful as she is, how then would it behoove a black person to expect anyone with that view to confess to any wrongdoing when they don't even realize that they are partakers? This is what I mean that it would be like beating a dead horse. On the other end, what did I mean? That justice must be taken? Well, there are various ways to take something, with the two basic ways being peacefully or some other way. The question is, how will you train your child to take the justice that is already theirs? Well, while you consider that rhetorical, allow me to influence your thoughts by reviewing some of the great brains that has left their mark on society. Now, I selected these examples simply for the specific accomplishment that caused them to be known as the most influential brains that ever lived. Andrew Carnegie was a Scottish American industrialist and philanthropist who is credited with the expansion of the steel industry. JP Morgan was into private banking, but he was also a big business guru, always looking for economic opportunities. He even had his hand in a railroad and electric industries. It may be needless for me to point out that he made some very wise and financially lucrative moves. See, when I studied the strategies of these men when I was back in college, I remember being fascinated with the back and forth interaction between them as they attempted to enhance their economic power over each other. Now, as I said before, Carnegie was a prominent supplier of steel and JP Morgan being involved with the railroad industry also participated as a steel distributor to some degree, although not at the same level as Carnegie. Hence, Carnegie was in some way his competitor. So maybe as customers patronized and flocked to Carnegie, Morgan may have considered this as an injustice in some way. He maybe, maybe he would say, he's taken what is rightfully mine. But I want you to look at how Morgan responded to this injustice. He essentially outbrained Carnegie by positioning himself as the steel, I should say the steel distributor. Basically put, Morgan brilliantly positioned himself as the key distributor of steel by purchasing the very production company that supplied steel to Carnegie. 
Now, JP Morgan was able to attract the majority of steel buyers by selling steel for less than Carnegie could ever. Now, doesn't this sound like the similar means by which possessions were taken from the slaves? By simply outbraining them. When I read about the interaction between these men, as well as J.D. Rockefeller, I easily saw how they became the most famous brains in history. But on a different wavelength, I paid close attention to how, despite of who double-crossed who, how these men fought back, not with sticks and stones, but with their brains. Regardless of their claims of injustice and wrongdoings, they fought back with their brains. So why did I share this story? I shared this story because just to help support the idea of teaching our children that despite the historical wrongdoings and injustice, the most effective way to fight back and take their justice is by becoming the brains. Let's see how focusing their energy in the right way will improve their life and give them a new position in society. The men I mentioned were brains behind the bricks. The bricks? Yes. The thousands of minimum wage workers who labored and whose labor essentially allowed these men to be amongst the richest men in history. No, these men were not amongst the bricks. Now remember, remember what prevented our people from excelling? It was a lack of education due to restriction by law, of course. And that was, well, that was the only difference between these men and our people, their access to education. What I said was the main difference between what our people have been able to accomplish and achieve, the main difference is that there was a restriction to the level and degree of education that they were able to earn. But now in present day, if we follow the pattern of being undereducated, we will remain in the same position and endure the same outcomes, allowing our children to become the bricks of today and tomorrow. And after that, bricks work harder and earn less. Brains work less and live better. So if we make no change to the pattern, our people will forever be the workhorses of the great brains. The issue now that threatens our future is that our people have lost sight of the mission. We get happy and feel that we have arrived, especially when the brains 
hand down a sympathetic position promoting us as head of the bricks. But essentially, we are still bricks taking orders from the brains. Now in the past, we built as the bricks, but now we have the opportunity to build as the brains. Now, more than ever, we can take back justice by becoming the brains. You see, when the question of who built America arise, no one thinks of the black breaking laborers, or I should say the black breaking laborers. <laughs> the credit all goes to the brains. Now, I have a, a childhood memory of a childhood friend who reminded me of J.P. Morgan. She was a smart-brained girl who convinced me daily to give her all my loose chains, my coins. I will keep it for you and give it back to you tomorrow, she'd assure me. She would somehow manage to convince me that my money would be safer with her. In retrospect, she never bullied or threatened me. I willingly handed my money to her. Now each day I would ask her for my money and she would say, I don't have it. When I reminded her that she promised, she would tell me, well, you shouldn't have given it to me. Now, even with her actions, she would again somehow manage to convince me to hand over my coins to her on a different day. So needless to say, this was one of my life lessons. She benefited from my stupidity. She was the brain. My friend, she never gave back my money. I had to re-earn my money and be smarter the next time around. So how are we doing? Are you following my drifts? We must raise our children to model the patterns of the brains in society. We must avoid training our children to expect that their hairs of the brains will ever hand it over. Regardless of the fact that our forefathers were the ones who laid the foundation and planted the seed of the vineyards and nurtured the development of the great American wealth. The rich stay rich because old money gets passed down and kept in the family. The poor stay poor because they often put up a front. I think many people don't want their children to know their actual financial status and to think that they're poor. And so they purchase name brands across the board. Meanwhile, they have zero in savings and no financial long-term plan for leaving an amount of funds to help give the child a financial cushion for a head start into their life. 
And so the child grows up and repeats the same pattern. But only a great sacrifice from the new generation will be able to reverse the cycle of being the bricks. We can insist on focusing on the former unjust barriers that has held us back as a people, or we can commit to a new determination to rebuild. Hard work is what got our people where we are today. And it is hard work that is going to continue to propel us at a desired momentum to the land that has been promised. If you hear only one thing, let it be that we must take justice by rebuilding, not with bricks, but with brains. And that will take hard academic effort. Only then will our children be able to take their rightful positions as the Carnegie's, the JP Morgan's and the Rockefeller's of today so that their heirs will become the beneficiaries of the real wealth experienced by the present upper classes. But the first step is to make a commitment to an academic success plan for your child. Remember, if you don't disrupt the pattern and break the current cycle, your child may be at risk of becoming the brick. So the best way that I find to get kids to understand this idea of bricks versus brains is to have them imagine what it would be like if after they spent eight hours collecting the perfect bag of treats from trick-or-treating only to have to turn the bag over to a brain who then removes one piece of candy, hands it to the child, and then keeps the rest of that bag full of candy. In closing, 50 years from now, when the question is asked, who built this or who built that? Give your child the opportunity to be named as the architect, as opposed to being amongst the nameless bricks. Thank you so much for listening.